dad's love interest was just arrested by the FBI. What happens next? You're going to want to stay tuned for this one. Welcome to Doing It Best with Elder Care Success, where we explore ways to relieve the stress, exhaustion, and overwhelm that we all face in caring for an aging parent, frail spouse, or partner. Fear, frustration, emotional and financial strain does not have to be your M.O. Stay tuned as we dive into different and new ways of finding more joy together with those that we love and care for and while keeping our feet solid on the ground. Hang tight. There is a better road ahead. Hello, everybody. It's Nancy May from Doing It Best with Elder Care Success. This is a rather different show. It's different in that we're dealing with the subject of sex and dating. And I guess you probably do not think about mom and dad or anybody at that front when you consider all the things that you're doing to take care of them. That's probably the least of your worries. But let me tell you, if your parents are single, alone, divorced, widowed, whatever it is, this is a subject you really want to listen to. And here's why. Because even somebody in my family has fallen victim to this. My guest here today is James Feldman, otherwise known as Jim to his friends. And he is the expert in romance scams. In fact, well, I'm not going to tell you what, because wait till the end, you'll hear the real clinker or the real gold star to this story. James, thank you for joining me here today because I love what you're doing. Get those scammers. Tell me how this actually started. And I know this is not your day job, but like, really? How did you get involved in scams and romance scams? So during COVID, most of my clients, which were C-suite executives, faced layoffs, mergers and acquisitions, and just a general economic downturn. And because most of my life I had met or dated people that I met at work, I was no longer meeting anybody at work because I was hunkered in the bad cave like everybody else. So out of sheer boredom, I decided to go on dating sites and see what that was all about. And I would start to get, let's just say, communications from attractive women telling me that they found me interesting and would I like to chit-chat and so forth. And very, very quickly, it got not only amorous, but the requests for money started to come in. And I was kind of fascinated by, here's somebody I don't know who's very attractive, who's telling me that she needs money. And if I can help her do this, she'll get on a plane or we'll figure out a way to meet or something like that. You sure that wasn't me? Could could have been anybody. (laughs) And so to your point, Nancy, I took one of the pictures. I did a reverse search on the picture and found out that the picture was not of who I thought I was talking to, but of an adult film star. Whoa. So I got somebody who's pretending to be someone else using somebody else's picture. And it turns out that there's a term for that called catfish. So a catfish occurs when someone assumes a persona in order to trick another person into believing that they're really that person online. And ultimately, there is some kind of a financial request because that's how they monetize the efforts. Now, do they work alone or do they work in teams? Do you know? I initially thought they worked alone, but 
for those of you that don't know me, I am somebody that does my research. I really do deep dives into everything that I do or I don't do them. And I started an Excel spreadsheet with the date that we met, how we met, whether that person solicited me on a Facebook or a LinkedIn or a Twitter or WhatsApp or a Google chat or whatever, or did I find them on a dating app or, or website on my own? As I started to collect the data and I had time on my hands, I started going into more Facebook, more Tinder, et cetera. And surprise, the same kind of pattern started to emerge. And I asked myself the same question. Is this woman doing this alone on the dark web? There's a thing called the Nigerian Romance Playbook, and you can buy it for $9.95. Wow. And it's literally decision trees. It's texts. It's emails. How you say something if they say something, et cetera, et cetera. It's the dating for dummies, uh, the dating scam for dummies. Yeah, book. basically. And it's 10 bucks. So I really started with, let me see how far, how deep this can go. And I got to the point where I was talking to, listening from 60 different women. Six zero. Well, I knew you were popular, but I didn't realize you were that popular. And then I got my own reality check. I said, as I looked in the mirror, Jim, if you were in a bar, sitting at the bar, <laughs> would this gorgeous redhead, blonde, et cetera, talk to you? And the answer was no. Oh, well. So it was an ego burst. It was an ego burst. Okay. But then... I started to do more homework and I started to find out how big these scams had become and how scary it became. So let me give you some interesting numbers. The FBI and the Federal Trade Commission started to track reports of people claiming they had been scammed for money. How long ago did they start tracking those reports? Well, 2014, they had $82 million. 2016, it had jumped to $304 million. 2020, it had jumped to $475 million. And 2022, drum roll, $5.8 billion. Now, I'm going to stop you right there for a second for a couple of reasons. One, this is not just the average person's problem, although maybe it is the average person's issue. But the other issue with the amount of money that is being sucked out of the wallets of unsuspecting people, especially older people who are going through this, who may be widowed or alone, because loneliness is a big issue right now, the financial services industry says this is the greatest time for generational wealth transfer. And if you were listening and you were taking care of a parent or starting to see that you need they need a little help and they may be alone, this is something you really need to look at because this is what I call, I term something like this, the great sucking sound, not to be rude about the whole thing, but money can dry up really fast in a parent or a loved one who gets caught up in this. So listen more. Now, my first question was, that's what was reported. What was the real number? What were the people that didn't report? What were the people that lost smaller amounts or were too embarrassed to get the FBI involved? There are a lot of them, and you hear about them all the time in the news. Some poor little old lady, she was going to get married to this wonderful man, and he's gone. Let me clarify another surprise for you. According to the Federal Trade Commission, this is not Jim, 
People aged 18 to 29 reported losing more money to romance scams at a higher rate than any other age group. Really? I would not expect that. I I would be more apt to suspect that it would be an older person who's lonely and afraid and, and just wants to be loved. And I looked at this the same way you just responded and said, how can that be? And then I thought about what it said. I'm going to repeat what I said, reported Uh, by the Federal Trade Commission. An adult is probably less likely to report a scam for one, fear of telling their family members that it happened, two, embarrassment, not just with family, but a social embarrassment that they're getting publicly outed, and the hurt it comes. Or even talking to a bank about it. You don't bring that stuff up. So younger people are making more reports, but it's smaller amounts. Which makes sense. The older people are losing big bucks because they have bucks to lose, or the young people don't. So when we talk about romance dating scams, we really, in my personal opinion, have to put it into three or four different demographic groups. Here's group number one. As young as 12, 13, or meeting people on a dating app, ultimately meet that person, And their risk is physical or emotional. Child trafficking, yep. Not money. The middle group, let's call them 18 to 24, they're too smart. But they still think, well, if I give him or her $25, it's okay. But in that case, they are subjected to much more of the physical side of sexual attack. Right. Because they're often lured into a place that they have no exit. They're often alone. Sometimes it's more than one person, etc. And the LBGTQ community has the highest rate of these attacks upon them. Really? I have heard of people who have become victims at that age. It's very, very sad. And then you got the older group, which are more savvy in terms of looking for Why are you talking to me? But less savvy in technology. Don't even know that they can report, too embarrassed to report, et cetera. But you also have that middle category, too. I mean, we're people who are in their full prime and working and may be upset or angry for a divorce or they're lonely or something, never got married or have a breakup, whatever it is, right? So let's be very careful when we say, what are the victims of dating romance scams? Okay. Here's an interesting quote. This is from Kathleen Ether, the director of the CDC's Division of Adolescent and School Health. This is her quote. If you think about every 10 girls that you know, at least one and possibly more has been sexually assaulted. And that's the highest level we have seen in the 20th century. In what age group is this? This is young high school-ish age. Oh, up through early college. It gets worse. Approximately one in three adolescent girls in the U.S., one out of three is a victim of physical, emotional, or verbal abuse. And over 75% of those people said they met that person online. That's scary. Now, we don't know what the physical, sexual, or emotional abuse is of seniors, do we? Very little. Again, because they're not reporting it. Correct. Now, Northwestern University did a study that said more than 50% 
of sexually active gay and bisexual underage boys have had sex with people they met on apps such as Grindr. Wow. This is a subject beyond just seniors because we're, this is eldercaresuccess.live, but this could be your grandchildren or your own, your nieces, your nephews, your own kids if you're taking care of mom or dad. And this is why the grandparents and parents need to sit down with the young people and have this serious conversation, which they do not have. No, my parents had this conversation with us when we were kids. I don't say frequently, but we certainly knew. And I remember one day accepting a car ride from somebody I didn't know from the bus home to our house. And my mom said, how did you get home so quickly? And I said, oh, we got a ride from a nice lady. Who is the lady? Well, I don't know, but she was nice. Boy, did I get hell for that one. And then another neighbor one day was raining, did the same thing. And I said, nope, I'm fine. I'll, I'll walk. And he told my mom. So I learned my lesson the first time around. But it's interesting that it got reported back to my, my parents at the time. And I'm not sure we don't have those kinds of conversations with neighbors like we used to before. I mean, everybody knew one another in the neighborhood. Well, what's happened is the Internet leveled the playing field in terms of ways to communicate. And we've become more isolated from those Correct. that are living next door to us or across the street or even in the same apartment building. Now let's move that into 2023 when something called ChatGPT and AI tools became ubiquitous. And now I can clone an image. I can clone a voice, I can mask who I am, and I can go out there and have all kinds of conversations that lead to these scams being so much more dangerous and so much more difficult at all ages. Now, if you talk dollars, then the riskiest group is 55 to 64. If you talk physical abuse, it's the younger people. Sure. If you talk about a particular group of people, that would be the LGBTQ community, right? Wow. So if you talk about stalking, then that's teenagers 18 and 19. They have the highest rate of stalking. If you're talking about violence, it's actually within the college community. Really? Really. And any kind of violence thing. I well, guess. I'm calling this sexual violence, you know, of some type. Once again... And I just can't get over this one. If you as a young woman have been sexually assaulted in any way and you report it to the university, the university has no obligation to do anything about it. However, they have a legal obligation to report it to the government. To the government, not to the local police department. That's correct. And well, wait a second, Here's why. institutions are going to do that for fear of their reputation. It's not. Oh, no, you have you have to you have to turn it into the government or you can lose government funding altogether. OK, well, where do they Here's bury it? Why? Here's why they don't pursue it locally. You go to the police, the police want to interview the young lady. The young lady accuses someone. He denies it. And now they start talking about her being the plausible reason that this occurred, that right. you were inviting it, that you you have been sexually active, you have been and make this young lady feel like she was the reason for the precipitating action 
of the gentleman that did something inappropriate. Whether it's another college student or a professor or an adult elsewhere. Right. 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 Wow. So let's, let's go back again and look at how this has happened. If you talk about things like Tinder, and you talk about the dating apps. It turns out that 50% of the apps are all owned by one company. Really? I did not know that. And, and, and they, don't, they don't do much to fix it. Because it's financially profitable for them. Well, I actually went to them and I said, look, you, you're getting sued. Big numbers. Why don't you hire me to help educate the public? And you put out these public workshops and you're the good guys. Edu- guys said, I love this idea. I'm going to take the legal. Legal ran away from me as quickly as possible. I'm sure. Because they said, if we do that, then we're admitting there's a problem. I said, but there is a problem. Yes, we know that, but we're not going to admit it. Not going to admit it publicly because that's not good for business. Yes. So let's put our head in the ground, right? If you go back and you start to say, what about the LGBTQ community? Okay. They basically use dating apps because the community doesn't have a lot of places where they can meet like-minded people. Comfortably and easily. I got it. Yeah. You, you don't necessarily. Put up a fake, you put up a fake profile. Right. Very easily. Mm-hmm. And now you've got people that don't agree with the LGBTQ lifestyle. Right. And beat them up. Ugh, it's horrific. On the other hand, on the other hand, Dating apps are growing faster than any other stock out there because of the user base continues to grow. Yeah. So all of those are owned by the group called Match.com, the Match Group. Last year, they made $3 billion. Wow. $3 billion. $3 billion. I'm going to pause you right there. We're going to take a short little break and we'll come back on the $3 billion numbers. As you know, we have reached our 100th episode in Elder Care Success. For that, I am very proud and eternally grateful to those of you who are listening. I hope they've been of help to you. I know they've been of help to many others. Here's a comment from another listener on one of our most recent episodes on meditation. I just loved this episode of November 2023 entitled Keeping Balance Meditation for Non-Meditators. I love that. This is an important topic um, and not one that you hear much about. I think too often we overlook those things that feed the heart and soul in favor of maybe what we think is more practical things. Nothing could be as important. Thank you, Nancy, for this. Thank you so much for that comment. It's so great to hear from each and every one of you. If you've got a thought, an idea, or just something you want to share about an episode that you liked, I'd appreciate you going to our website, which is eldercaresuccess.live. There's a little tab on the right-hand side that says, Send Nancy a voicemail. If you click on that, a little window will pop up and say, Start recording now. Just record your comments, your thoughts, your ideas, or even questions, and I'll bring them live here on the show. And now back to this important episode with my friend, James Feldman. Well, I'm back here with Jim Feldman talking about a big dollar problem and a big personal problem. We're talking about dating scams as it relates to everybody in general, but we are going to focus in on the senior population. Just as important, though, we're also talking about 
grandkids, and even the nephews and the nieces of those of you who are taking care of mom and dad. This is such an important subject that I thought it, it, we really need to address it here at eldercaresuccess.live. And right now we're talking about the owner of the majority of these dating apps is Match.com and their, I think it was their profit or their revenue, Jim, that was $3 billion. $3 billion in revenue. In revenue. So the amount of money that it actually takes to run these apps, I'm going to be a little biased, is probably not huge in relationship to what they do. Still, I remember years back being at a, an event that I think it was Match.com or one of them that was fairly early on starting. And one of the, the senior executives was talking about the amount of information that they collected on people. And how these details were being used from a marketing perspective for the company and even from a match perspective. Now, they also thought that they were trying to weed out the bad guys, but it was interesting to to hear that at an early stage. But now it's evolved into something, I'll border on calling it lethal. If you think about the emotional impact of a teen getting sexually abused, that's something they carry through the rest of their life. Absolutely. If you go to the other end of the spectrum and you think about a senior citizen losing money, it may or may not impact the rest of their life, depending on how much longer they're going to live, how much money they had. Right. So if we look at long term, then I think we need to focus on the younger people. If we're focusing on strictly financial loss, then it's the senior citizens. It's still right from wrong, no matter what. It's a bad issue. Either way. Either. But you're actually hunting these people down. I have. And I really want to hear more about that because we all say that we want to hunt down the bad guys, but we don't know how to do it, especially when they're invisible on the internet and the banks don't necessarily support getting back the funds that have been stolen. And they can help us with the emotional distress that is now happening as a result either. So what are you doing to, to fix that problem? So the first thing is you've paid them the money. If you bought them a gift card, it's lost. So when someone says, send me a Sephora gift card or something, you send that out and you're never going to see it again. It's gone. And some gift cards are fairly small, nominal in, in the amount that they would do. But most of these people are asking for bigger numbers, aren't they? Or, or they're not. asking for multiple cards. Or they're just testing to see if they need to put a big chum at the end of the hook. Yes. yes. Yeah. The second way is using things like Cash App or Zelle, which is a money transfer. Yep. I actually had our bank, when we moved down to Florida, say, whatever you do, do not use a money app. It's interesting. It was one of the larger banks. I said, don't do it. I said, I never did. The issue with the money app is they charge a fee, number one. They have no culpability whatsoever. And even to the effect, let's say I sent Nancy some money and Nancy hasn't claimed it because she set up a fake account. Mm -hmm. That money is out of my account, but Nancy hasn't claimed it. So technically, it's still sitting in the cash app account. And ultimately, they're supposed to report it as part of the unearned revenue. But they don't. They say, well, people can show up one day or another. Therefore, we need to keep the money until they might show up. 
So let me ask you a little bit about the app, and, and you may or may not know this answer. Beyond the Zells and the other that are out there, there's also the ability to take a photograph of a check, which can then be transferred. Is that because I haven't done this because my bank said, don't do it. <laughs> That's not secure necessarily. Either. That is the worst you can do because you've now given them the encoding information on the bottom of the check. Thank you. Just and thought that, that encoding information, go watch the movie, Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo yep. DiCaprio. Yeah. Once you've got that routing number and that account coding number in the indicia or, or the right coding yep, mechanism, the bottom of the check, you can just make up all your checks all day long. So for those who are listening, just asking for you all. So let's assume that you really want to send this money for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Try doing it with a credit card and more importantly, a virtual credit card. The credit card will not allow you to claim that you were scammed because you gave them the number, but they will allow you to say you were defrauded. And that's a very important difference. So if I call my visa, I say I have been scammed, they will not give me the money? Correct. But if I said I was defrauded, they will give me the Correct. money? Correct. So because the vendor was not honest and they will not support the vendor in that particular yes. case. Other thing is, Venmo, PayPal, et cetera, have business payments and friends and family payments. Mm -hmm. Never, ever do a friends and family. You are not protected at all. Interesting. But you are if it's a business account. Correct. Because then you could say, I didn't get the goods and services. Or you can say, I was defrauded. And they will go back and get the money from you, for you. Or at least make the effort. Right. If it's friends and family, hey, yeah. you gave it to you. Friends and family, goodbye. You should have known better. Should have known better, right. Interesting. For your audience, I have put up a half a dozen books, flip books, that specifically talk to each audience. One for young people, one for college people, one for adults. And I do this complimentary in the hopes that you will share it with your seniors, your juniors, your, your young adults. And try to sit down and have an education with them, because if not, you're going to get scammed. Because I can tell you, they're convincing. They start to search you on the internet, so they find out you got a dog, or that you like chocolate, or that you're a golfer. And they start to incorporate that into the discussions. It's like they've really done homework, but they haven't. And do not become friends with Colonel John on Facebook. Every now and then... I'll get a note, a friend request from somebody, even on LinkedIn, from Colonel John or Sergeant John, who's Rear Admiral of the Navy or whoever it is. And the first time that happened, because I have friends at high places, I actually reached out to the official office of that particular person to find out if, in fact, Colonel John, I'll just use that as his pseudonym, was actually out there wanting to connect with me because he thought I was fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> guess what? Colonel John was in the field and could care less about me. He was trying to protect his troops, which I get. But you've also gone a step further and worked with the FBI to actually arrest some of these folks. Correct. So here's the interesting thing you may or may not know. If you report them to the FBI and you're convincing, the FBI will step in and ask you if they can take over your Google or your WhatsApp or your Skype, and they will communicate 
with that person because now they can find the digital footprint, use the digital footprint to do the GPS and ultimately find out where these people are and get them arrested. But if they take over your account, can you get your account back or? Oh, sure. Okay. They're, so they're only doing it for a couple of days. All right. They just tell you to stay off it for a couple of days while they're having these conversations. So I now have uh, nine people that I have tracked down, had arrested, and six of them are in jail. Three of them are in house arrest. All of them have been fined, and all of them are now on the watch list, which they'll never get off of for the rest of their life. Now, is this in the States or? In the States. In the, in the States? States? Oh, my yes. God. Yes. So there's also a way, and this is not necessarily to say that everybody who's had an issue is bad, but you can also check to see where a sexual predator who has been arrested for such deeds is living in your neighborhood. There are databases to do that. And I'd like to give somebody the benefit of the doubt that they can be rehabilitated, but it is still good to know. Let me give your listeners a couple of tips. Please. Take the picture, because everybody sends pictures, and upload it to something called TINEYE, T-I-N-E-Y-E. I'll put links in the show notes too. And it's, it's a reverse image search that's free. Now, some people will say, well, no, no, I've used Google. Google does not search adult film stars. <laughs> they have a filter. They won't do that. Even if you go incognito? No. Nah. Okay. No. Nah. So, not that I've tried. <laughs> I mean, I, I again, I can tell you from experience that some of the young ladies that I've been talking to happen to have been in the adult film industry. I have actually tracked down a few and had conversations with them only to find out that they've been out of that industry for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years. And the pictures that are being used are, in essence, 20, 25 years old. Okay. The second part is trust but verify. You cannot spend too much time verifying what's going on. And there are red flags. One of the red flags is look carefully at the English, at the grammar, at the spelling, at the syntax. Just like the fake emails that you get online as well. That's exactly right. Number three, if they seem too good to be true, they probably are. Period. Period. Let your ego take a ride someplace else. It's all right. <laughs> so I was giving this talk about a year ago to somebody and this interviewer said, well, what makes you an expert? And I said, well, I've talked to 60 people and I, well, what makes you an expert? I said, I uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to go get certified. So I went and got certified as a fully accredited professional relationship coach. And the interesting thing is in the certification process, there was no mention ever of what was going on with the dating romance scams. You're kidding. They me. stayed away from. It. Oh, my no. gosh. So no. you can talk about love, but you can't talk about how to make sure Correct. it's true love. Correct. Gosh. Oh, so for your readers, I have put up a pretty comprehensive website called Romance Scam Expert. And in Romance Scam Expert, you will find links to the CDC's report, the Surgeon General's report, and all of my flipbooks. And again, I just want to stop these predators. And I really hope that I have in my own small way help people from falling victims to a romance scam. This is such important information. But the other thing, too, is as our parents get older, if we're watching them, 
it's very difficult to actually know whether they have been scammed in some cases because you don't know about it if you do not have control over their bank account and can oversee what's going on. That said, there are many people who are out there who, and if this is you who are listening or you know of anybody who is in this particular situation, who are, you're alone and you're taking care of a parent or even a spouse and now have become lonely yourself because this is incredibly stressful time, not just for them, but for you in making sure that this part of life is really met well and with love and respect so that you don't end up with regrets. And the the last regret you want to have is to get scanned by some, I'll say, blonde bimbo. (laughs) Not that it's all women who are out there doing that, but some very attractive bald man (laughs) going after you or somebody who looks like Tom Hanks when he was 20. So please, (laughs) please, please. My mom had a crush on Tom Hanks, so I had to say that. (laughs) Or not Tom Hanks, it was Tom Selleck. Sorry, Tom Hanks, Tom Selleck, two very different people. And sorry, Toms, either one, if you're listening. But please protect yourself, protect those that you love, protect your younger family members, and do not fall victim to this. There'll be more details on the show notes or the episode notes with links to get information from Jim and his work, which I think is incredibly valuable to all of us, whether you're taking care of somebody or not, or just taking care of yourself. On that note, Jim, I really want to say thank you so much for being here as my guest and for revealing the the darker side of love don't think that i am anti-love or anti-dating apps to the contrary i think the dating apps serve a purpose they're going to be here forever i just think that's like everything else you've got to understand the pros and the cons and then make an informed decision absolutely i've got many friends who have fallen in love and gotten married as a result of an app or in early days it was craigslist online or the local news that did the love sections. But this has been a terrific show. I really appreciate it. For those of you who are listening, I know that this is going to be a valuable show that you will listen to again and hopefully share. If you like this show, as I always like to say, please share it with a friend, a family member, or somebody that you know might be going through a challenge or even dating somebody who you think, this doesn't seem right. Let me check it out because it could be your gift to them. It's our gift to you. On that note, please continue to listen at eldercaresuccess.live for the podcast and look for us on YouTube also at Success. You don't have to be old to be taking care of somebody that you love. We'll see you soon and we'll hear you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. This show is sponsored by Caremanity, the publishers of How to Survive 911 Medical Emergencies, a step-by-step guide before, during, and after. For your own personalized free file of life, go to www.howtosurvive911.com. All trademarks, brands, and comments are not intended to be substitutes for medical, financial, or legal advice. Please consult a medical, legal, or financial professional for issues relevant to your own personal situation. This show is produced by Caremanity LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright Caremanity LLC. 